Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Ross Tucker. And it's time to ask Ross. This is where we'll take your questions for Ross. And the best question at the end wins the KSN, the coveted KSN polo shirt. If you want to submit a question for Ross, really easy. Just download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Ross button, and there you go. All right, Ross, you ready for the questions? I am. All right, let's start. Let's. This came in a couple weeks ago. I wanted to get to it. Let's do it. Matt from Acton, Massachusetts says, Jim and Ross, with the conversation from the Blue-White game and Campus Insider Info, I need your help. It's sort of a bucket list item of mine to visit Penn State for a football game. COVID really put this idea on hold. But can you give me any advice for planning and timing as well as recommendations for lodging and the best places to eat? Ross, he wants to come in the Happy Valley. What's your advice? Well, I would tell you, first of all, I am not the best person to ask for this because I don't get a chance to go to Penn State very often or go to many Penn State games because I'm a broadcaster doing other games. So... Probably not the right person to ask um, in general. And, and I know, Jim, you have some thoughts. Um, I guess what I would tell you, if you can, and this is a bucket list item, I would try to go to the whiteout game. Now, that's the most popular game. It's the toughest ticket. It's the most expensive. So any game is a great atmosphere. But that, that takes it to another level. Uh, what I would say, though, is if you can go and get there a day or two early, you know, get there Friday if you can. Lodging, we got you, we got you, uh, we got you hooked up with gopsurv.com. That's a no-brainer. Um, but get up there on Friday. Do they still do a pep rally or anything like that, Jim, or no? Um, I, not that I'm aware of, but... One of the things, if you could get in on Thursday, typically there's the coaches show Thursday night, which creates a, a nice atmosphere. But I think you hit it. You got to get in early. You got to soak it up for the weekend. Uh, the whiteout game is going to be interesting this year. It's usually been alternating Michigan and Ohio State uh, for years and always a night game. Last year, of course, it was Auburn. But this year... Ohio State at Penn State, Ross, is probably going to be a noon game because it's a, a, will probably be on Fox. <clears throat> so they're debating whether to make that one the whiteout, which I think might take a little bit away from it, but it's still Ohio State. Yeah, you and can't do a whiteout, though, at noon. It's not the same. They can't do that. They got to make another game, another <laughs> night game, the whiteout game. You, you can't do it. Um, that stinks, by the way. Uh, so, so anyway, what I would say that real, obviously get there super early and tailgate, that should be your food, but also get in the stadium a good 45 minutes for the game. So you can see the blue band come out on the field and experience the drum major, 
you know, doing the flip and all that. You got to get, that's part of the experience, Jim. It is. It, it's the weekend experience. It's going downtown on Friday. It's uh, tailgating prior to the game. You're right. It's, it's seeing the blue band prior to the game. It's a whole weekend of events. So, Matt, definitely do it. If you can't do the Ohio State game, I think there's a couple conference home games in October. They have Minnesota, and I think it's Northwestern. It's just starting to turn fall, so you get that feel. It's football weather. It's a great experience. Come in and do it. Make a full weekend of it. All right, let's um, let's go with uh, Joe from the Skook. Joe says, Ross the Boss, great work on the Dan Patrick Show. Have you seen the multiple early 2023 NFL draft projections with Will Levis projected as a top 10 pick? What do you think of that? And what do you think James Franklin feels about that? Well, um, obviously it all depends on how he plays this year. Uh, But, you know, I had some people at Penn State tell me, I might have told you this, Jim, but back when the decision was, is it going to be Sean Clifford or Tommy Stevens? Who's going to be the starter? And really, I think I still think it was going to be Tommy Stevens, but Penn State wouldn't guarantee him that, so he transferred to Mississippi State. But um, when that was the case, I had some Penn State people say, listen, if you came to our practice and you just watched them, the one who looks like the future first-round pick is Will Levis. You know, Levis was the biggest of them, like strongest, fastest. He's just a specimen. I mean, he really is an impressive physical specimen, but he hadn't. He was younger than the other two guys, hadn't really put it all together. And honestly, even when he played at Penn State and got some opportunities. He showed he could run, Jim, but he didn't really appear to be a very polished passer. And I I just think Clifford being ahead of him in years, and Clifford just got the intangibles of the leadership and he had the offense down. I I think it was tough for Levis to beat him out. I think that's not to say that he might not have been able to this past year if he had stayed there and competed or if Clifford was struggling. It is kind of crazy to think how different Penn State season could have been. You know, Levis could have come in against Iowa and maybe they win that game and then maybe they keep Levis in there against Illinois and win that game and and maybe they just keep Levis in there at that point. You know, who knows, but... Would have been a very, very different season. There's no way around it. I think he's still going to have to show more to get drafted that high, but he certainly physically looks like a first-round pick and did a great job for Kentucky last year. But they had a really good offensive coordinator who got the OC job with the LA Rams now. You know, he's going he's gonna to have to show he can do it with another coach. And now that he's a little bit more of a known commodity in the SEC. And I think Franklin is probably happy for him. And 
probably just, um, you know, a little disappointed, bummed out maybe that, you know, he wasn't able to keep him, you know, wasn't able to still have him there because maybe he'd be starting for them. I also get the sense a lot of those early rankings are based on potential. As you said, he looks like an NFL quarterback. Big, strong, he's also mobile, but uh, he needs to refine those skills. Let's move on. Let's go to Randy in Arlington, Virginia. He says, Ross, I really enjoy your scouting reports on the incoming freshmen, but how hard is it to judge a player when you're only watching their best highlights? That's a really good question. That, that's a really, really good question. Um, it's why, you know, I've had this debate with people because there are some that will say, you got to watch a full game. You got to see how they are on their bad plays. You got to see what their effort's like. And I, and I would tend to agree with that. However, I've heard other people say, listen, for high school prospects, what you're really trying to get is prospects. You really want the biggest, fastest, most explosive athletes, right? And most of the time, that is what they're recruiting, Jim. They're recruiting bodies. They're recruiting potential and so they would argue it's more about the physical traits and what they can be as opposed to what they already are. And you can see those physical traits and the highlights show what they can be. And that's really what is more important. So it's a, it's a heck of an argument. Um, and it's a heck of a discussion. I think ultimately... You can see most of what you need to see from the highlights and that the full game would be more of a differentiator between two guys you might offer or two guys you might take after you offer, stuff like that. But you're really looking, Jim, for height, weight, speed, instincts, physicality, um, and you can see that, honestly, Jim, two minutes. Two minutes for most of these guys, you can see what you need to see. Is there and, and that's a good point, an by the way. If your first two minutes aren't good, aren't your best stuff, then you can kind of forget about it. Is this argument a little bit analogous to the Will Levis discussion where he may be being placed in those mock drafts so high because of just the potential he has, big, strong guy with a big arm? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a big it, – it's still, it's still a factor in the NFL, too. In the Now, in the NFL, they watch like every snap you play, okay? And so if you're a potential guy, those guys usually get drafted more third or fourth round. In the NFL, you got to kind of usually show that you can do it. Okay, let's quickly sneak one more in. David from Lancaster says, last week you talked about money going to NIL instead of facility upgrades. Isn't that a good thing? Absolutely. Yes. I, I don't think anybody could argue otherwise. 
I would much rather have the money go to the players on the field than, you know, have, I don't know, gold-plated sinks in the locker room. I mean, because the reality is they start just doing ridiculous things because that's how they get the players to go there. So the model has always been pay the coaches more and make the facilities more ridiculous because you're not allowed to give the money to the players. I'd much rather have the players getting some more money for their services and what they're providing than having these coaches get $10 million a year and the assistant coaches making over a million, all that stuff. If it's about talent acquisition, get the money to the talent. All right, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around in quarter number four. We'll name our winner, and Andy Shea will be back. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com.